Thank you for joining and welcome to another episode with Azim Sahir, a human capital specialist who has designed this podcast to inspire people to live meaningful lives and to pursue their passion. This is season 8. In this podcast, Azim gives a laid-back look at the important aspects of life and business through the lens of emotional intelligence. You will learn how emotional intelligence can influence your success in both personal and professional life. You will hear key life lessons and tips from prominent personalities, business leaders, entrepreneurs, AI practitioners and executive coaches from all over the world. You can also watch the video version of this podcast on his YouTube channel. So sit back, relax with a cup of coffee and let's get to the show. AI Cafe with Azim. a cult like followership refers to the process of cultivating an intensely loyal and dedicated group of individuals who are deeply committed to a particular person ideology or an organization while the term cult often carries a negative connotation there are instances where establishing a strong followership can be perceived as important and advantageous now the question is how to build a cult like followership for an advantage a very warm welcome to the show i am your host azim sahil a human capital specialist a lego series play facilitator i save certified pcs level coach an emotional intelligence and emotional cultural practitioner i am the lead facilitator of one of the luminary learning solutions and i'm thrilled to be back for another episode filled with valuable learning in in the next 30 minutes you heard the introduction we're going to talk how to build a cult like following to discuss this i have one of my good connection over the way from us let me introduce him he's the he's the leading authority on emotional source code and the an- anatomy of meaning he has been named five times to the world top 30 global leadership gurus and twice by inc magazine top 100 leadership speakers He guides leaders, icon businesses, and teams to harness their emotional source code to create tribes, tribes of belonging that generate innovation, authentic communication, and fierce loyalty. Ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome Tov Baron, leadership strategist. Thank you, Asim. Pleasure to be here. Honor. Wow! Thank you very much. It's 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 honor to host you on the show as well. So, first and foremost, thank you very much for spending your valuable time of thirty minutes of your time to inspire people. Talk about something really, really interesting. You know, Tov, that people have seen it, but people have not heard about it. This is what mm-hmm. I see, especially mm-hmm. in this part of the world. We have seen this, but we never heard about this particular whole word and the terminology that we are talking about the culture. followership so yeah. i i thought it's it's a good opportunity to have because i read that particular article you wrote on that particular um cult leadership so i thought like why not have you on the show to have a conversation around that so so do 
to start off, let's 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 get into the characteristic. Now, two question here: What is the understanding of cult-like followership, mm-hmm. and what are the characteristic of the people we look into this particular followership? What is your thought? So, first of all, as you said, the idea of cult or cult-like has a negative connotation, and rightly so. You know, we've seen people murdered in cults and do all kinds of horrible things in cults. But it's not about that, obviously. It's about understanding the psychology behind that. What makes people do things, and when you, you know, part of the emotional source code is understanding why people do what they do, even when they do, even when what they do doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So let's bring that down into cult-like leadership. So what it means is that you as a leader, your people are so loyal so fiercely loyal that they will go way beyond the extra mile. They're willing to do more than they're paid to do, than their time requires them to do because they believe in something so strongly, like a cult leader. They believe Mm. in something so strongly that it becomes more important than them. Mm. Now, the number one thing, if you ask a biologist what's the most important thing in life, they'll tell you life itself. The, The living life forces are doing everything to protect themselves to stay alive. Human beings are different. Mm. We will actually trade our lives for our identity. People strap bombs on themselves and blow themselves up. So clearly life isn't as important as identity. And Mm. identity is tied to ideology. And so what does that mean? It means that they are willing to put their own life to the side in order to do it. Now, of course, we're not asking anybody to strap any bombs to themselves. (laughs) Of course not. That would be ludicrous. But what we're having people understand psychologically If you can get that connection with your people that is so fierce Mm. that they're in love with the purpose of the organization, the values of the organization, and the mission of of the organization, and the leaders, that they tie their own identity to it, they are going to do whatever it takes. And we see this, of course, negatively. We've seen this with political leaders. Uh, We've seen it with cult leaders negatively but we also see it positively we see it with the followers of gandhi we see it with the followers of martin luther king we saw it with um nelson mandela nelson mandela thank you um so many others too so that's also a cult-like following so it's not necessarily negative it's taking the positive elements of that and applying it to your organization brilliant i think i think something um most of the people need to really understand when we talk about cultic followership it's as I said, it, it brings a negative connotation, but then again, the positive side of it is like how real you can attach, how do you really um bring people to take that message out there into the market? Now, we yes. talked about the leaders who are into social uh, element, but then again, in a corporate context, how challenging is that in terms of a corporate context, having that cult followership? Because end of the day, money matters though, correct? End of the day, paycheck matters. How can so, it build such way? So you're you're partially correct in that money matters, but money only matters to a certain degree. And what does that mean? It means that money is a primary motivator for human beings based on survival. Mm. Once your survival needs are taken care of, and in the United States, that's $32,000. Now, of course, that's a very different amount of money depending on where you live. If you live in Sri Lanka, if you live in India, if you live in Bali or you live in Indonesia, it's going to be a different amount than it would be if you live in, for instance, Saudi Arabia or 
L.A. or New York, of course. But it's that lifestyle of survival. Once you get past that, money matters much, much less. So, of course, we have to pay people enough. That's important, and we should. We should actually give them more than that. But if you give them too much more, it doesn't really make any difference. Mm. So they want something that matters more to them. So you said this is extremely challenging. Well, here's why it's challenging. Very simple. The reason why it's challenging is not because people are motivated by money, because we know psychologically, we know the research is very clear that's not the case after a certain level. The most difficult thing about it is, why the hell should I follow you? That's mm. what they're asking. Absolutely. See, most people d have not found their own meaning, their own purpose in their own lives, mm. and they're looking for it even if it's unconsciously. Mm. And so if a leader shows up who is so driven and so focused and so clear on their meaning and their purpose, that is compelling. Mm. So this is why we have people who follow cult leaders, whether that's political cult leaders or social cult leaders, because there's an attachment of my meaning to your meaning. Now, let's face it. Every cult leader, whether they're political or otherwise, don't start out by saying, hey, I want to kill everybody. <laughs> right. I want to rape your children. And that's not what they say. They send good messages mm. and people go, oh, OK. You know, Jim Jones was a wonderful preacher before he became a murderer. You know, Donald Trump talked about freeing America and, and making America great again. These are messages that positively resonate. Mm. Bolsonaro did the same in Brazil. Right. Mm. Rodrigo did the same thing in the Philippines. These countries, these leaders talk about positive change and people go, okay, I, I want that. I want that so badly. We'll attach to it. Now, for it to stick and last, and this is the more important piece, to make it really work in a corporate environment, that leader has to have spectacular levels of integrity. Mm -hmm. And that comes down to self-knowledge. So as you know, because it's your specialty too, they have to have high, very high levels of self-awareness, very high levels of emotional intelligence. Mm. And more important than emotional intelligence, sorry, but there is something more important, and that is emotional maturity. Mm. Because if you read all the books and you do all the courses and you know all the right words, but you don't live emotionally mature, it's a waste of time. It's academic. Mm. So when you put all those things together and tie that to a purpose, people are magnetized. They're pulled. They want to be part of that. Absolutely. I think I think I can I cannot agree more on that with you is there's a simple reason being you you told about a couple of leaders and same thing happened to us in Sri Lanka a couple of years ago. Right? Yes, exactly. A, a particular leader came and he said, we are going to do this, we are going to do this. And the whole country rocked behind him and we give the majority of this. But we didn't see anything turning around. Now, people is going against that person they like of course blaming technically so i think i totally agree that the message is crucial and living by the purpose i think though i i cannot agree more than that what you said because it's it's the fact i think most of the yeah. organization it's need to understand creating that culture starting to drive the values is something i think can create a cult-like fellowship also in that corporate context so, Thank yeah, you the very level much. of integrity to it is what counts. Absolutely. Right? So if you want it to last, it's what counts. If you And if you don't have that integrity, you will have mm. to enforce your system, which is when you get martial law and you get dictatorships. Yeah. But initially, the people, like, let's think about every dictatorship in history. I'm, I'm a student of history and, and, and particularly of, of uh, geopolitics. And if you look at every cult leader, um, political cult leader, they were all raised by the people. 
Mm. Adolf Hitler was voted in. You know, Stalin, people applauded. You know, the, uh, Lenin, yeah. people applauded. All Pol Pot, people applauded. These horrendous human beings were put there by the people. But when they didn't have that integrity, then there's a revolt. And mm. then you get the violence mm. and all the other things that are natural. Now, put that in the context of an organization. Take it out of a nation. Of course, people are going to get behind you. You've got a great vision. You've, you're a charismatic speaker. You've got the personality. You're stating the right things. But if you don't hold it, people will walk away. And they do. They just go, okay, you know what? I'm done. Yes, I may struggle to feed my family, but I am willing to do that rather than sell my soul to be here. Mm. Whereas on the other hand, you can't quite pay me enough, but I'm so believing this and you walk that talk. We'll struggle a little bit because we believe in this message. That's the distinction. Integrity. Absolutely. I think that's a clear message for us. Integrity is so important. Now, Dove, you did talk a lot about neuroscience and you did mention yes. here that particular element of psychological element. And we talked about a um, little bit of, you know, emotional element. Now, what psychological force that create the grip to create that um, kind of like fellowship? What's your thought in terms of neuroscience? Yeah, from a, from a place of neuroscience. So basically what we have to look at is every human being is uh, searching for purpose. Um, and this comes down to our need to bond. We are tribal. Human beings are tribal. At a neurological level, neuroscience level, we are tribal. We need to find a tribe. If we don't find a tribe where we belong, we will trade our authenticity for approval in order to find a tribe where we can fit in. The problem with fitting in, now think about that as a distinction, because belonging is very different than fitting in. Fitting in requires that I disenfranchise parts of myself. I distort myself to get wedged into that. Whereas mm. if I belong, there's plenty of room for me. It wants me there. Mm. You, in order to create a cult-like following, we have to create a tribe where people feel like they belong. If, you, if they fit in, they'll stay, but only as long as they need to. Now, from a, neuro, a neuroscience level, we need, to, we need our tribe. And that tribe is a place where, of course, we are getting all the things we need. So the survival needs, but beyond those needs into the hierarchy of human needs. Mm -hmm. So we're having a sense of adding to the culture, adding to the community, adding to the world that we're making a difference and we're growing and developing in the process. But more importantly, that we are bonding because human beings have to be a tribe. Now, again, this is when you're born, when I'm born, when human beings are born, our body is flooded with a neurochemical called oxytocin. This is the bonding hormone of human beings. When you stroke your cat or your dog, you get a flood of oxytocin. When you hold your child, you get a flood of oxytocin. When you make love to your mm -hmm. partner, you get a flood of oxytocin. But mm -hmm. you can also get that when you hug somebody. You can get that when you shake hands with somebody who you feel is really integral. You can get that same flood. So, this is what bonds people. Once that hormone is fired off, we now have, and this is really interesting, we now have a cognitive bias to look for the good in that person. To look for the good, to be willing to question, well, this looks a bit off, but we're willing to go, but what's underneath that? We're willing mm. to look a bit deeper mm. because that same level of cognitive bias that draws us together is also the thing, and this is the dangerous side of cult leadership, mm. 
is that it, it others. Mm. So let me explain that term, others. What I mean by that is if let's take the analogy of a the, the Nazi soldier who works in Auschwitz mm. during World War II. This man is murdering people. He's a soldier. He's murdering Jewish people and others um, in, the, in the camps. He's, he's throwing babies on bayonets. He's doing horrible things. And at the end of the day, he goes home to his wife and his children, and his wife describes him as an incredibly loving man, a good father and a good husband, and he's good to his children. How is this possible? Mm. How is this compartmentalization possible? Because of oxytocin. Mm. Oxytocin says we're the tribe and everyone else is the other. Okay. And so if we don't bond people to us in a way that is really healthy, mm. we don't hold people in that way. We don't feed that oxytocin level. We don't feel then the serotonin and dopamine and all the other feel good hormones that go along with that. And all those things rewire the brain. So in fact, a, when you're developing a cult-like leadership, you are de- rewiring the brain of your people. And the key to that is to facilitate. And here's the key word, to facilitate curiosity. Okay. Curiosity is the key word. You see it right above my shoulder. Exactly. I'm right just there. going to ask, like, stay curious. You mentioned yeah, it. Because, you know, I traveled the world to study with different religious philosophies. Everything from Vedanta to Buddhism, the Tao, Gnostic and Coptic Christianity, Kabbalah. And people ask me, what's your religion? And I say, my religion is curiosity mm. because it facilitates love. If I'm willing to be curious, I can understand you. I can have deeper compassion for you. And in a cult-like leadership, that's the positive cult. It's a cult of curiosity where we want to, like, let's explore this. Like, let's, let's get some new innovations. How else could we look at this? Why are we not seeing it this way? How else could we see it? What do you think? I don't agree with you as a human being. You and I don't get along that well, but we are tied to this purpose, and mm-hmm. it matters more than your or my personality. So how can we come together? Let's be curious about how we can come together and make this a bigger thing. How can we allow our company to make a bigger difference in the world? That's what matters. No, I, I just want to interrupt you over there, right? Right? You mentioned I do agree on the curious part, right? With today's context, does leaders have time to listen to people with curious mindset? Because it's it's a rat race. Things are very fast. Things are very struggling. Inflation, cost of living. We're talking about recession, financial difficulties all over the world, and companies are struggling a lot. Layoffs are happening. It's still, leaders can they stay curious? develop that curiosity to develop that cult followership. What's your take? Well, you just gave me all the reasons that they say they can't. And all those reasons are, excuse me, this is French, bullshit. They're all bullshit. They're absolute nonsense because here's the deal. If you want to compete, you've got to be innovative. Mm. And if you're not going to, innovation, what is innovation? It's creativity. What is creativity? Curiosity. Absolutely. It starts with curiosity. So if you want to be a competitor in the world, on the market, you have got to have curiosity. It facilitates bonding. It facilitates connection. It facilitates understanding. It facilitates healthy conflict resolution. And mm. it facilitates innovation. But in a culture where people are demanded to fit in, then you're restricting all of those things. You shut okay. it down. And mm. so you can't compete. And you go, well, I don't have time. Well, that's all right. You'll have plenty of time when you go out of business. Absolutely. Agreed. Thank you very much for sharing that. Now, uh, let me flip it to the other side in terms of cultural fellowship. You did mention about what need to be happened to create that cultural fellowship. What what is what is in it for organization and leaders? What are some of implications and dangers 
involved in kind of like fellowship? An example, oh. you can share it. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great question because there are a million different examples of the dangers of it because, um, you know, in the words of uh, Spider-Man's uncle, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and so what that means is if you've got a cult-like following, you have to hold you to a level of integrity that is far beyond anyone else's. You have to hold yourself accountable beyond anybody else. And if you're not, you have to surround yourself. And this is the other thing. One of the things is we get more power. And this is one of the things, as you know, I deal with very high-level individuals who are political leaders, who are uh, founders of multi-billion-dollar organizations, et cetera, uh, actors, entertainers. And one of the things I tell them is the more powerful you get, the less truth is available to you. And they go, what do you mean? And I said, because more and more people rely on you for a lifestyle. Mm. So if if I work for you and you pay me a million dollars a year, I've already got a million two lifestyle because we spend more than we earn. So I've got a million two lifestyle. If I piss you off, my lifestyle can go away. Yeah, My kids can't go to private school or whatever it might be. So I'm not going to tell you the whole truth. Mm. This is the danger of power. So we have to surround ourselves with people who will tell us the truth. And by the way, you won't get that inside of your organization. That's why they bring me in, because I can get the truth, because I don't care. You're going to pay me in advance, and if you don't like what I have to say, well, that's hard cheese, because mm -hmm. the truth is I want you to know what's actually happening, because I'm not here to blow smoke up your skirt. I'm here to help you get to the matters at hand. So mm -hmm. one of the main challenges with creating a, a cult-like leadership is to believe your own press, to start thinking you're all that in a bag of chips and you're not listening. Mm -hmm. We've got to be deeply curious about where am I wrong? So at the end of a meeting, it's like, or even the beginning of me, listen, here's what I'm thinking about. Tell me where don't, don't, I don't want you to tell me what's right about that. No one tell me what you agree with it. I want you to tell me what I'm not considering and mm. what I've got completely wrong. And by the way, the more wrong I am, the more you'll be rewarded. Wow. That changes everything. Because you've now just shifted the, the balance of power over to the other side. Mm. And if then people see that people are rewarded for speaking up, that cult-like following only increases. It doesn't decrease. Mm. But as leaders, we get into our egos and we go, oh, I don't want to be wrong. And you're dead in the water if you do that. You, you, it's all over. If you if you don't want to be wrong, you might as well throw in the towel now. It's already over. Mm. So be willing to be wrong because that's where you're going to grow the most. Nobody mm. grows from success. We grow from failure. We grow from struggle. Absolutely. I think um, I like the fact you're bringing, talking the truth. So here the question, how authenticity matters in this particular process? Are leaders really authentic? Are leaders really authentic um, mm. enough to create that kind of relevancy? Because you talked about when the power comes, the, Great the, the less absolutely, yeah. So right. what do you think about that? So the truth of the matter is, and, and I don't mean to be accusational to anyone, but the fact of the matter is that very few leaders have done the work. Mm. I, I'm sorry to say that. And this is why they bring me in, right? And this is why I'm brought in, because it's so important to do the work. 
my clients fly in from around the world to spend 24 hours straight with me. They're in my home for 24 hours without a break. And we're going to boil it down and find out what's really driving them at an emotional source code level. If you don't do that work, it's not maybe that you are uh, malicious. It may not be that you have uh, nefarious ideas, but it may be Mm. that you're just emotionally ignorant about what drives you. Finding out what's emotionally driving you, which is not what you think it is. It never is. But then you can only then can you have true integrity. So this is the thing, as you understand, we have got to have the level of self-knowledge it takes to hold ourselves fiercely Mm. accountable. So Mm. it's all about fiercely loyal, but it also requires fierce accountability Mm. and not necessarily by anybody else, although that's important, but by oneself. Am I willing to look in the mirror and call out what? Others maybe fear calling out. You know, I'm mm. a big personality. Mm. I'm a mm. I'm a dynamic human being. I'm very aware of that. Mm. I surround myself with people mm. who will call me out. If you won't call me out, I don't want you around me mm. because I I don't need sycophants. I don't need yes people. I need people who will say, "Dove, you're you. off your rocker." That helps me to become better. Mm. But most people, most leaders don't have that courage and they're kind of cowardice. And I'm sorry, I know that sounds mean, but if you want to be a great leader, you need enormous amounts of courage. And the most courage you need is to look in the mirror. That's what matters because we're all human and we're all flawed. Mm. Mm. So we're coming to the last part of the conversation. Um, Before I put you on the the last question, I've just, something came out of my mind. Now, if you talked about, Cult leadership and cults like followership. Now, let's imagine you do have a fantastic followership. They're very loyal. They're very integrity. They're attached to you. Can leaders, what if leaders try to manipulate that particular followers? Because they are very loyal. What, what, what will happen? Well, what will happen is they will, if they start to manipulate them, the, the more emotionally intelligent people will see through that in five seconds. So that's first part of it. The second part is the other people have already been brainwashed and they're going to go along. So we're, you know, we're, we're seeing that in the United States. Let's just take the United States as an example. The evidence against Donald Trump is massive, mm-hmm. massive. And, and, you know, it's a political witch hunt and all this stuff that's being said, but the truth of the matter is it's evident it's clear. Now. So are people going to stay on side? Yes. Now here's why. Remember I talked about cognitive bias? Cognitive bias says this. So the number one rule of investment, just to, I want everybody to think about this for a moment. The number one rule of investment is I cannot lose what I've invested. So mm-hmm. if I put $1,000 in and it goes up to $10,000, of course, I'm excited. It now comes down to nine. Most people won't get out. They'll go, I'm mm-hmm. still eight up. It's good. It comes down to six. I'm still okay. It's okay. I'm still up. They'll stay right in until it gets to a thousand dollars again, and then they'll bail mm. because they can't bear to lose their original investment. Now, psychologically, that's absolutely true because if if you if I admit that I was wrong, then I I'm saying to the world I was an idiot. Mm. So I'm going to go along with the lie, and that's the biggest danger of being a cult like leader is you can have no integrity. There can come a point where you'll have no integrity and you'll still have incredibly loyal followers, Mm. but you'll be on a death spiral 
Hmm. You'll be on a completely destructive death spiral that will not just take you down, but will take down everybody else in the process. And that's why, again, that checks and balances of having other people around you, other great leaders that will say, listen, dude, hmm. you're off track. You're going way off track here. This is not what this is about. And you need to rein it in and you need to reconsider the implications of this and what is the true purpose of your life and of this organization. Because if you're doing it from a potentially from a place of being a narcissist, mm. this is the other thing. This is not an emotionally intelligent person. Absolutely. A narcissist is darkly manipulative. And unfortunately, most people are unaware of what those are. I just wrote an article about yeah. narcissism uh, that is released on LinkedIn that's available right now. Yeah. We're talking about this amazing attraction that they have where we're we're fascinated by narcissists because they have a lot of the things that we want. They're grandiose. They talk big picture. But if we don't pay attention to the integrity, we're dead in the water. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you very much for sharing that information. Um, I will do put all the links uh, with regard to Dove's articles and LinkedIn links on the podcast notes so listeners and viewers can really uh, click and just check it out as well so Dov, here's my last question what are some of your you advice or tips you want to provide to our listeners and viewers who will be audio who might be leaders or followers i don't know um mm -hmm. couple of tips to just to end off a conversation so i'm gonna i'm gonna offer you some things that may not seem like they're about leadership but they're absolutely about leadership so the first one is this i want you to take out your journal and this is important that you do this by hand because writing by hand changes the brain. It's the way the brain works. So by hand, I want you to write in your journal this question. As a child, what did I need that I couldn't get or couldn't get enough of? So you might have got it, but not much. What did I need that I couldn't get or couldn't get enough of? That's question one. You answer that. Take your time. Spend a week. Go back to it. Five minutes a day. Fine. Write down stuff that doesn't make sense. It Let your mind flow. Okay. And when you've got all those things down, go back and then ask this question. How am I still playing that out? How am I still trying to get that thing? Now, be, let's be clear. The form may have changed. Mm -hmm. so, well, I needed more food. Let's just, well, I've got plenty of food. Now I'm making a lot of money. Yeah. But what are you trying to feed yourself with? Mm -hmm. Ah, it's not food anymore, is it? No. So now maybe it's alcohol or drugs or maybe it's, um, women or maybe it's men or maybe it's um pornography or maybe it's something else right or power so what did i need as a child that i couldn't get or couldn't get enough of is number one just randomly write that and then come back to it and say how might that still be playing out even if it's changed mm. forms today and when you look at that then you'll then the third question is how am i leading from a place of my need rather than the place of what I can give. If you're not in service of others, you're in service of your wounds. Mm. You're in service of your emotional source code at the unhealthiest place. But when you know your emotional source code, you get to serve from a soulful level in a way that gives, that is always of service. Brilliant. What a way to end the conversation. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, that's the time what we have today. My key takeaway is it's there behind Dove's um, on the background. Stay curious. I think that's that's an amazing 
message I got it from the whole in, in terms of leadership, in terms of followership, being curious, asking, not judgmental, not assuming, be curious. I think that's one of the important. I think our viewers and listeners got plenty of key takeaways from this particular episode. My special thanks to Dove Baron, leadership strategies. Uh, you can get connected to Dove via his social media platform, especially on LinkedIn. I advise to subscribe to his ad, um, newsletter. I do put the links on the chat uh, on this podcast note. At the same time, you can log on to www.dovebaron.com to explore some of his fantastic resources available and uh, you can enjoy it as well. So Dove, thank you very much for spending your valuable time in the cafe and you know, shedding the light in terms of cult followership. Well, Azim, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure spending some time having a virtual coffee with you in the, in the cafe. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure and honor. And as I said, I genuinely hope that this has been a great service to anybody who listened. And I want to encourage you as you listen to think of this. You know, we do live, whether you see it or not, we live in an abundant world. Mm -hmm. And focusing on scarcity doesn't help you or anybody else. If you found this uh, particular episode valuable, please share it out with others. If there was a resource here that helped somebody, if something set up a little fire under you and got you going, share that with somebody else because it could do the same. And by the way, let's also realize that, yes, I've given my time, but Azim gives his time. And, and he puts his time and his energy and effort into bringing this together. I know I have two podcasts. It takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of energy to put these things together. So please make sure that you go and rate, review, and subscribe to his show. Share it out with others because he has amazing guests. And you need to let that other people know that. Let's create an abundant universe. Let's recognize an abundant universe by putting that out there. This is how you get to be wealthier in the quality of your life in the fulfillment of your life, as well as in the fiscal side of your life. Dov, thank you very much for this lovely quote. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast of EI Cafe with Azim. We sure do hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions, please do reach out. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show that is available on all major podcast platforms. So you're notified when a new episode is posted. Please rate, review and leave a comment and share it with your friends. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you're leaving with some great insights that can help you in your daily life. Follow Azim on social media and do write to us on topics and experts you'd like to hear from and we will try to get them on board. Goodbye for now. Until we meet again on another episode of EI Cafe with Azim.